tradition and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. And we are back. Music inching toward the new year. We appreciate all of you being here. A couple of guests already. And Logan is up next. Good afternoon, Logan. Good afternoon, Paul. Hey, since we're talking about rock and roll, I just got to tell you, my friend got me a subscription to the Neil Young Archives. Ooh. Have you heard of that? I know what he you're talking about. He got that for Christmas. That is amazing. <clears throat> yeah, it's like Neil's got about Neil 8 million songs in there, doesn't he? Online. I'm sorry? I, I said, I've heard Neil interview where, I mean, he, pretty much everything he ever recorded, uh, he has uh, gone back in and tried to uh, resurface. It's 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 everything on there. It's every video, every movie, yeah. every concert that he's. Yeah, you should check it out, Paul. I know you're a big Neil fan, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. I, I haven't even scratched the surface yet, but uh, hey, I was gonna tell you yesterday. I called in. <clears throat> I was feeling kind of down about the future of America, and then you had that historian on, and that was amazing, Paul. Like it's like you just knew exactly what I needed, and uh, you know. I want to thank you for that, man. Like this show, it's it's about sports, but you know what? It's about so much more. People don't realize. Well, everything yeah, first we of all, Hal Raines is somebody that, uh, and I, I you know, one, one thing about Hal I admire, he just doesn't care what anybody thinks, and you know, agree with him or not. And I'm a big believer that you can be friends with people you don't agree with, but he. Uh, he, was, he, he could have been one of the most important editors of all time. Unfortunately, his career was cut very short. Um, but you know, all, of the, all of those who followed behind him, including me, looked up to him and wanted to be like him and, and really thought we were going to change the world. We, uh, yeah. we, we didn't, by the way. What a great guy. But we thought we were. Well, yeah, there, there's a Neil Young song about that, Paul. <laughs> there is. We tried to change the world, yeah. Check it out on Psychedelic Pill album. You should check that one out. But, um, hey, I just wanted to say thanks for that, man. That really assuaged my fears, and uh, it just made me think, man. There's still people out there that think like me. Like, everything's not all doom and gloom all the time, so that was great. And and to hear what those guys did, like the bravery of those Alabama yeah. guys during you know a treasonous time, that's – that's unheard of, and you you don't hear. I've never heard that story. I went. I, I was no, born no, in Alabama. Uh, and I went to school. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I remember uh, being in Alabama. There was always uh, murmuring about Winston County, but I mean, just think about uh, and you know whether you're talking about today, the Holocaust, uh, the Civil War, uh, mm-hmm. any any moment. You know, be, being in Boston a couple of years ago uh, at the North Church, uh, where you know, the guy mm-hmm. went up to uh, signal the the ride of uh, Paul Revere. I mean, you talk about people that, that put their life on the line. And by the way, we're still doing it today in, in many parts of the world. Uh, and that, that, that's really uh, remarkable. And you know, we, there's just not that many people who, who are that brave. Uh, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about fighting in wars. That's a different situation there. But right. people that sure. uh, dare to tell the truth. Exactly. I mean that, and that, and during this time, that's 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 about as brave as you can get. Yeah. Well, it's, Paul, it's, you're, <clears throat> lots on the line these days. Lots on the line. I wanted to ask you: Do you think 
do you think Michigan has Alabama's signs? Do you think that they're having to switch those up? Because I, no, I feel I, I like they not. probably – I do not. And I, 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 listen, okay. I, Alabama, I think, created that story today just because they're trying to – I think they're trying to get inside Michigan's head. Yeah, well, good. Good for them, man. I mean, Harbaugh is uh, – he's one weird cat. And I think the more you mess with him, I, I, he's not – to me, he's – I don't know. Like the guy's not very quick. He's a very, uh, I, I don't know what word I would use to describe him, but, uh, he's not, uh, somebody, he's not, uh, a well, I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's normal. Uh, I mean, I'll start there. No. Uh, I mean, he made Nick Saban who can be awkward in the, in, in the, in the best of times look, look like a, like a, like a, I mean, who's comfortable posing with Mickey? When you're older, when you're older, right. when you're older than nine years old, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, that was hilarious. That shot is hilarious. I, I, hold on, I let me. Uh, I, I need to offer a correction. Uh, Mickey is probably the most important person in my life, and we all love Mickey very much because we all are part of the Disney company. Well, I tell you what, Paul, he's the I've most. I always like Minnie better than Mickey, life. haven't you? <laughs> What are you talking about? I've always liked Goofy better. He's just Goofy, Minnie, Mickey. Do- I, I kind of like Donald. Yeah, Donald's cool. He's kind of an underdog. But anyway, uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh looked really. Harbaugh looked really. Uh, <laughs> there's now. Now you got to you got to give Mickey credit. I mean, is there is there ever been a happier mouse? <laughs> yeah, I, I do have similar ears. Uh, we could do a. Mike is up next. How you doing there, Paul? Hey, Mike. How you doing, Paul? Bye-bye. Okay, Happy holiday for you. What's well, up, Mike? Alabama has Alabama made their way to the championship semifinals, and I'm, I'm guaranteed Alabama will win the national championship title, man. They got a tough task against Michigan. But they'll beat Michigan on Monday on in the Rose Bowl in Texas, Washington, where every team will play will play for the next championship. Paul, how do you like your chances for Alabama with the national championship title? Be the oh, no, I, think national I think they're, I think they're pretty good. Uh, I don't think they're – I mean, you know they're not the betting favorite, but uh, they're the favorite on this show. Oh, man. Uh, Brian is up next. Uh, hey, hey, Brian. Hey, Paul. Enjoying, enjoying the listening to the show and trying Thank to you. keep up between the TV uh, delay. <laughs> Thank but you. Uh, we we I've got a business trip out to. Um, it just came up the last two days to go to uh, Pasadena or uh, LA LA, but right here Pasadena, and so my, I said told my wife I said yeah, I just tried to see the Rose Bowl parade, and she said well why don't you go to the Rose Bowl and I said well I've never thought about that but that would be kind of cool and I didn't know, how, you know I know you got a lot of listeners uh, and then a lot of Alabama fans. There may be somebody out there. I've got me and my wife and my granddaughter attends Alabama. She's a sophomore there. And uh, I was kind of, I called her and said, Hey, if I could get three tickets, would you like to go? And she's like, Oh my gosh, I got in the lottery, but I didn't get picked. I'd love to go. So if, if you know, if any of your listeners would happen to have uh, some tickets that they would like to uh, sell Reasonably, uh, I, I, we'd love to go to the game and, and enjoy. Uh, well, Brian, how 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 should uh, how are they going to be able to find you? Is my question. Uh, well, um, I have a 
an email address that I'd be glad to. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be, I, I hate to have you hang up and somebody said they got tickets and then we never connect with you again. So offer it to us if you don't mind. Yeah. It's K as in kilo and then E D E N five, two at gmail.com. Okay. I uh, thank you very much. I do understand. I know how to spell kilo. Uh, Gerber is up next. Uh, hey, Gerber. Hello, Paul. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for checking in. Thank you, sir. You helped me out many years ago. We had a scallywag by the name of Mike Bianchi oh. who was talking you down in Florida, and we straightened him out. So thank you for that. I had one thing I wanted to talk about. Well, two things. Sure. First of all, I'm very impressed with the ears that you have grown, and I have done the same thing. So I'm going to challenge you okay. to a big ear contest. <laughs> I think we're about the same age. Hey, thank goodness you didn't say a big something else contest. <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Paul, is Alabama's kicking game is going to make the difference. Well, uh I think their kicking game is, is outstanding. I'm not overly impressed with their punt return game. No, that's that's true. Um, but but you're right. Uh, from a punter and a and a field goal kicker, and, and that that really does matter. I'm not stating the most obvious thing in the world here, but uh, the intangibles are critical in a game like this, where when when where any points uh, are uh, precious. Gerber, thank you. Great to hear from you, and uh, you be well. We'll take a short break. We are back after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted Hims subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. We are back. Uh, great to have you here. And uh, let's continue with more phone calls. Brian is in Spokane. Uh, hello, Brian. 
Oh, hi, Paul. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, Thank you. This is my first time calling to the show, in fact, any kind of show. So uh, one, uh, one thing I want to say is that uh, when people ask you how you're doing, I've noticed you always say, we're doing well or we're doing great. And uh, I think that says a lot about you and, and the teamwork there in the show. Thank you. Uh, but I'm, I'm calling because I have a suggestion for the show and then a, a brief story, a uh, college football story that happened in Jerusalem. So Ooh. the suggestion for the show, the genesis for that suggestion is uh, the one time I did see you in person. It was an event in, um, in Washington, D.C., at the Metropolitan Club. Oh, wow. A friend of mine from Alabama was your host. Uh, it was about five or six years ago. I don't know if you recall that. By the way, I do. And that, that's one of the coolest places I've ever, I've ever been. It was funnier than anything I'd ever seen at any comedy club. Really? So my suggestion for you would be if you could do maybe even just like five minutes of a dedicated humorous commentary once a week, maybe on a Monday Brian, or Friday. Uh, let me let me offer that. First of all, that was really a fun. That is an amazing club, by the way, in Washington, uh, st- steeped in tradition, as you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not uh, I, I'm not uh, suffic- sufficiently uh, uh, famous to be a member there. So well, let, let me assure yeah. you, I'm not either. But I, I do know some people. That, and this is a club who, by the way, I mean, we're talking about presidents. John Kennedy was a member. Uh, you go up and down. It is, uh, as Tony, a, a Washington club. I, I was speaking in an event there. That's the only reason they let me in. And they make sure you, uh, I had to take a phone call. And the, uh, the steward, uh, even though I was the guest speaker at this event, the steward quickly let me know that phone, uh, cell phones were not allowed inside the club. Um, I told him, get over it. Sue me. Uh, as, as far as comedy, I, I, I am fascinated by comedians. And I don't think there is anything more difficult in the uh, public uh, in the public specter than being a comedian. I, I don't think I would I would last three minutes. Well, you lasted at least ten, so okay, well, uh, it was great. <laughs> well, thank, um, thank you. It, do, do you know the most important thing for any speaker or comedian? Uh, brevity. Uh, that is probably very critical. I don't care how funny you are. If you don't have an audience that's with you, you are dead. And yeah. it helped that that audience was seven, eight scotches into the night. Uh, yeah, they, they were, and they were all SEC folks. I think you had the governor, ten of um, former governor of Mississippi. Oh, yeah, Haley Barber was um, there. It, it, was, it was a really yeah. – uh, uh, Katie Britt was uh, there, who is now the United States senator yeah. from Alabama. Yeah. Uh, well, if you've got just one second sure. more, Paul, uh, I just want to relay a story you might uh, you, you might get a chuckle out of and your listeners. Uh, it was about 2013. I was visiting the Holy Land, Holy Lands, and, and went to the Wailing Wall or the Western Wall, as it's known, uh, one of the holiest sites in the world. And yes. I was there taking it all in, almost in a trance, thinking about the, the historical and religious significance of what I was seeing. And I hear a loud roll tide. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and I realized I had my Alabama baseball hat on with the big script A. And so I'd start talking to this guy about Alabama football. And then five minutes later, I hear again, roll tide, roll tide. Two other guys come up. So here we are, like four grown men in front of the wailing wall talking about Alabama football. That, 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 is, a, that is a pretty amazing story. Uh, but 
I think what you learn there, uh, it's a universal language, uh, and I, I, have, I haven't traveled that much, but uh, you will see somebody wearing something almost everywhere you go. That, but that, I have never heard a roll tide at the Wailing Wall, though. Yeah, well, if you uh, next if you go there and wear uh, an Alabama hat, you may get that. Or, what is, uh, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying Miss. to think. I, I studied it for a number of years. And I used to be able to speak it very well. Uh, now I can't. But uh, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm in my head. I'm trying to do the translation of Roll Tide in Hebrew. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Maybe you can offer that in another uh, uh, another. It episode. might be. It might be easier uh, in Yiddish. Yeah. <laughs> shalom Tide. Yeah, Shalom Tide. I, I, I don't think there's right. a direct... Well, uh, a, since Hebrew is a language that goes opposite of, of English, it reads... Uh, it, it reads from right uh, to left. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it, is, it is a confusing language, but uh, I, uh, I once had to, to speak in Hebrew. Uh, it was at my mother's funeral, and oh. my, my wife afterwards said, I thought you said you could speak Hebrew. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I was just reading what they well, gave me. So uh, yeah. It was without, by the way, if, if you understand anything about Hebrew, it was without vowels. And if you can, if you can speak Hebrew without, <sighs> without knowing what the vowels are, uh, you are, you are, you, you're ready to be the prime minister of Israel. Hey, Brian, thank you. What a pleasure to talk to you. I bet this guy could speak Hebrew. Well, how many languages do you speak, Larry? Larry, you there? Larry, obviously, is speaking Bud Light tonight, so we'll come back to him in a minute. Squirrel speaks many languages I know. Good afternoon. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I was I, I was waiting for Larry to chime in too, and uh, I was thinking I was only hearing one side of the conversation. But I think you'd personally make a great comedian, Paul. Um, when you were a kid, were you a fan of scary movies? Yes. Where does Creature from the Black Lagoon rank? Pretty high. That was, that's a. That was a scary. That was a scary. That's a, like movie. Scream for Your Life movie. That's like that's <laughs> like that's like uh, a, a, an eight-year-old being on a roller coaster type of scream. I mean, I was about eight or nine when I first saw it. Um, I think it came out in the early '40s, I mean uh, '50s, and I was born in '58, so I was a little late. You remember the movie uh, Squirrel uh, Carrie? Where yes. uh, it was Sissy Spacek, uh, and the very last scene in the movie is this hand comes out of the water, and the impli- the entire movie theater just loses it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not a big fan of scary movies. Um, little known fact, though, a creature from the Light Lagoon was filmed 20 miles south of Tallahassee. I didn't know that until I did a little research. I on didn't know recently. that either. Uh, I'm surprised Burt Reynolds wasn't in it. <laughs> Speaking of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, I heard Miss Pat's call yesterday. It seems like she's up. I mean, she's been coming on here for two or three months whining about me blocking her on Twitter. And I finally unblock her and she comes on here whining again. Well, did you let her know that she is now uh, in UB? <laughs> she, uh, I love it when Miss Pat comes on here and plays the victim. You know, as I said, she came on here last week, if you recall, and whined about me blocking her, whined about me saying her voice sounds like fingernails on a chalkboard. 
And she needs to get tested for dementia because she made that same exact call about a month ago. But oh then my I say goodness. Twitter, I thought this Jim, was an apology. Her and Jim, no, you're not going to get no apology from me. Then I see where her and Jim are tweeting back and forth, and he's sending her roses, and it's the greatest call she ever, you know, the year that you know she made and what have you. And all I did was make a few comments on their tweets, and uh, it's for the open record squirrel from MS. Anybody's welcome to go back three or four days and see them. But uh, why she had to flee Twitter, I don't know, but Twitter called uh, me and told me to tell her thanks. Um but no, that old bird. I see why her and Jim get along together. They're both chronic liars, and um, but she's a she's a she's a hoot. She's very entertaining. But no, no apology from the squirrel today. Thanks for taking my call. Aloha. I am uh, I am so glad uh, to hear uh, to hear everything is cool. And by the way, the, the, the guy called from Spokane. There there is a uh, market. Uh, in in Jerusalem, that is uh, actually a friend of mine, Michael Tomberlin, just sent me this. Uh, the, where I mean, it literally says "Welcome to Bama Country." Uh, it's it's an open air market in Jerusalem. Uh, I've seen that picture. I've had people send me that picture. And uh, you want to go to Jerusalem? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna why don't we just do a show from there? Welcome to Bama Country. Here we are. <laughs> we might wait a couple of months to go, but uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So during the break, we were uh, listening to Steve Sarkeesian, who uh, used to coach at Washington before taking the Southern Cal job to replace Lane Kiffin. And he uh, is now uh, getting ready for his first playoff appearance. And so is Kirk Bowles, who... He's been covering uh, the University of Texas for just a couple of years. He's, he's new on the beat, and he joins us to talk about uh, the big event down in the Big Easy. Kirk, first of all, great to have you back on our program. How are you? I'm doing good, Paul. Good to be with you. How was your holiday? It was great. I always like to uh, ask you this question, even though I've asked you a million times. This is what year covering the University of Texas? Uh, this will be number, this is number 51. 51. <laughs> just a couple of years. Um, and it was four, what, four or five years ago when the famous were back and everybody laughed uh, because they were, te- but I mean, is it, I mean, can we legitimately say now Texas is, is, is back? Uh, I would not suggest that. I oh. would not recommend that just okay. yet. <laughs> whatever that, whatever you know, being I mean, back means. 
Well, with TCU made it to the finals last year, now they're back to, I'm yeah. not saying being TCU, but not a powerhouse. So no, they're back to being TCU, Kirk. Uh, it, it has been a remarkable time. I can't tell you how many times we've talked in the offseason uh, on your podcast or here about this felt like the right, this felt like the moment for Texas in spite of all the, the, the noise and, and the clutter and whatever the Big 12 did or didn't do. But uh, h- how would you characterize what you've witnessed and, and what Texas fans have thoroughly enjoyed? I can't really say I'm all that surprised, Paul. I picked them to go 11-1. and one. I picked them to beat Alabama. I picked them to get in the college football playoff and, and be in New Orleans but lose to Georgia. So I apologize for missing that yeah, one. Yeah, you did. But, you blew that one. <laughs> I know. Total apologies. So but now you can kind of see it coming. And, yeah, you know as well as I do, Paul, this is a fan base that's starved for success and starved to be back in the national limelight there. But they're right there. They have it all in front of them. And, you know, Sark, uh, you know, two years into it, was 13 and 12. So, you know, a lot of people were skeptical. And, you know, can you do it? Can you put together a complete season? And they have. And they deserve all the credit in the world. I think to suggest Texas is back, I think you have to see a program do it over and over. You know, kind of like that program at Tuscaloosa. Forget the coach's name over there, but he seems to kind of repeat his success. And they're definitely back this year. They're definitely back to looking like some of those vintage Texas teams with Vince Young and and Colt McCoy. And we'll see if they can sustain it. But yeah, it's it's been a spectacular year, and it's been fun to watch. Kirk, it it's it. We talk about the players and about the job Sark does, but I, but I was struck uh, just I, I've known this, but I really didn't think about it. Uh, what he has on his coaching staff and and really uh, in in his analyst room, which sounds very much like uh, Nick Saban. Uh, your, your thoughts on on the importance of all these well-known coaches, successful coaches, and, and analysts who who have been head coaches and successful in many places. Yeah, and it is about the staff. You know, I don't know. And Nick Saban's obviously the aberration there. He can change, it seems like, half his staff year in, year out, and there's zero drop-off. I don't know how he does that. But, you know, he's a different animal in, in, in that regard. But, you know, Stark put together a really good staff. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, he hired from Washington, where he had been a great success at Boise and Washington. Jeff Schott, who just took – the UNLV job, and even though he's here coaching uh, the linebackers and the defense with Kwiatkowski, uh, and, you know, Kyle Flood, one of the preeminent uh, offensive line coaches, head coach at Rutgers, and uh, it's all about that experience and then, you know, getting players to trust you. And Texas has always recruited well. You and I know that, but it's about development, and that's where we've seen Texas' uh, shortcomings. They hadn't been able to develop, and, you know, you don't see – offensive first-rounders since Vince Young. You don't see offensive line drafted very high. And, and now I think you're starting to see that change and, you know, start to deserve a lot of credit for that. Kirk, we haven't really talked to you uh, since the schedule came out a few weeks ago, and I, I realize this is the main focus, but uh, just deal with for a second some of, you know, just the idea that, this is all happening uh, as the clock is about to strike midnight uh, for the Big 12 and Texas enters the SEC in a couple of months. 
it's it's kind of the perfect, you know, storybook ending for Texas. You know, the last year of the Big 12, uh, Texas won it this year. They won the first year in the Big 12, 1996. Didn't win all that many in between. It's Oklahoma had 14 Big 12 titles, and Texas now has only four. But they're they're obviously peaking at the right time. And, you know, I don't know when. I mean, the, the fan base hasn't been this energized since 2005, obviously, when Vince Young won the classic Rose Bowl. But, I mean, people are just buzzing already about next year's schedule, you know, having Georgia and Florida coming in and, and renewing the rivalry with A&M and College Station on the Thanksgiving weekend. It, it's got everybody excited. And uh, I, I just hope they, you know, come to their senses and go to nine conference games over eight and uh, – I don't know, maybe they'll do that after they invite Florida State to join, you think? <laughs> well, they'll need it. Um, well, that, well, Texas will get to vote on that, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll defer to uh, that day. But, but it, it is, uh, it, I, I, mean, I know I'm bearing the lead, which is, which is, which is Monday night, but uh, every time I do one of these interviews, uh, Kirk, uh, I get uh, 95% of the questions uh, on Alabama Michigan, and they say, oh, by the way, what are your thoughts on, on, the, on the game uh, Monday night? I'm, I'm not dismissing it. Certainly it's a critically important game. But just uh, what, what are the nuances of what you're going to be watching for, and, and, and how, how do you see it? Well, this shouldn't be the B game. I mean, I think uh, if, you, if you just had no allegiance to any of these four teams, I think you could cast this as, well, the Rose Bowl is the actual warm-up act. Yeah, you got brand names out the wazoo, Michigan, the winningest program ever, Nick Saban, the greatest coach ever. But, you know, a purist might look at the Rose Bowl and going, well, is somebody going to win that 10-7 to 7 or 14-10? to 10? Where here in New Orleans, we're going to see a track meet. You know, this is going to be a made-for-television uh, extravaganza. The last team with the ball wins, you know, maybe a 42-41 game. Uh, you got two premier passers. One of them's a Heisman runner-up and leads the nation in passing. And they seemingly have unstoppable offenses. So, uh, yeah, I, even though this may be uh, the side game, you know, to the main one out uh, in the Rose Bowl underneath the San Gabriel Mountains, this this may is going to be one entertaining game. And uh, I, I see it probably as whoever has the ball last ball. And Kirk, it's also, uh, as an old newspaper guy, you've already mentioned 51 years, uh, it's going to be a game that will end on Tuesday morning. What's that? What ends Tuesday morning? The game will end on Tuesday morning because knowing the, how the Rose Bowl operates, oh. uh, that game yeah. won't start until the last uh, rose has been shredded uh, to the winner of the Michigan, uh, the Michigan Alabama game. You know how that, you know, they got to get that Rose Bowl ceremony in while the uh, folks in New Orleans are uh, sipping hurricanes. Well, the late, late Keith Jackson would insist on it. I just hope we have a kickoff before 11 o'clock here. <laughs> you know, I don't know how. I don't know if I can stay awake till two in the morning, Paul. I you remember. I mean, I don't know if it was last year. One of the uh, we did that game one year, and I mean, it it they finally started it uh, while uh, the ceremony was still going on in uh, in Pasadena. You've covered the Rose Bowl. You know what I'm talking about. Absolutely, it's TV comes first. I think you know that. Well, Kirk, uh, we will eagerly uh, be uh, watching to see who has the ball last on Monday night, <laughs> Tuesday morning, and uh, 
possibly we uh, will be doing this again next week as we move more toward uh, your your home state. Uh, enjoy New Orleans. Impossible for a, a, a seasoned scribe like you not to. Uh, and we'll talk to you very soon. Well, we'll interrupt the Rose Bowl postgame ceremony to show who has the ball last here in New Orleans. Okay, yeah, let us, let us know because we will not be seeing the first quarter, I can assure you. Uh, Kirk <laughs> Bowles joining us from New Orleans uh, for the Austin American Statement. The idea, 51 years covering the University of Texas. Does anybody have that mark beaten? I don't think so. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Trey is up next. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. How you been, my friend? We have been great. How about you? Uh, doing much better. Uh, uh, in some physical therapy, a uh, little numbness on my right side, but I'm getting there. Kind of missed y'all, but I have been listening. A little forgetful at times, but... Uh, Paul, you know Bash that calls? You remember the movie uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Oh, absolutely. Early 80s. Yes. Does, does he not kind of like, sound like Spicoli when he calls in? He sounds just like Spicoli to me. That's the character I get when he calls yeah, in that, to that me. That sadly is a, is a compliment that he sounds like anyone. <laughs> hey, Paul, and uh, I'd like to uh, congratulate J.K. Uh, on successfully getting their sixth loss of the season just yeah, now. Yeah, Miami and, is, uh, you know, did get an onside kick, uh, but they're still going to lose, uh, I believe, uh, well, what against did he, Rutgers. What, what, what happened to J.K.? Did, oh, did uh, little Nicky make him take his ball and go home and he quit yeah, the show? No, I feel badly happened? for J.K. I mean, he had a good run of about a week here. Yeah, yeah. And, Paul, I'm going to talk to you about something a little more serious about the Alabama-Michigan game. Uh, a lot of talk about Michigan's defense giving up about 9.6, 9.7 points a game. Do you think that number is kind of skewed because of the offenses they have played? I, I, I just go back and look. And sure, absolutely. I, I, don't see a great, I don't see a great quarterback, and uh, I, I just don't. Well, I, well I don't, let, me, don't, let me make it simple for you, Trey. They played one good offense all year. And Correct. that was Ohio State. They did a, you know, they, they held them to what, 24, 27 points. So, uh, other than that, they played garbage. Uh, they didn't play good teams. I would agree. And I, I think they might have a little bit of advantage at the O line and running back position. But I just look at the quarterback, receivers, and Alabama's defense. And I just think Alabama has an advantage on a lot of positions on the field. But anyway, it was great talking to you again, Paul. You have a great new year and roll tide. Well, good to hear from you, and hope you uh, continue to improve. Uh, let's check out Vance up next in Georgia. Hey, Vance. Hey, Paul. I've hey, told you this before, uh, and I do. I really – there's nothing better than somebody that can make humor about their own selves. But you and Gerber never saw my father. Really? He makes 
he makes both of you look like tufted titmouses when it comes to ears. <laughs> I mean, he. Well, had I, I had, two, uh, you know, I, I don't know about your dad or Gerber, but I had uh, ear enhancement surgery uh, year, a couple of years ago. Well, my father didn't need any because he had two frisbees on the side of his head. And uh, the good thing is, I'm I a used doctor. to have I used to have some I used to put tinfoil on my ears so I could pick up radio signals. Well, my dad could have picked up Martian signals. I'm telling okay, well, you. Well, listen, I, I'm not going to try to outdad your dad. Okay, I, I'm, no, I will no, I will no. concede your dad had bigger ones than me. Well, my mom had to help him put a T-shirt on. But anyway, I was going to tell you, I'm not much of a music guy. I, I love music, but I, I've never been a, you know, I can't sit here and recite things for you or anything, oh, sure. but I will say this, that uh, in December of 1973, just 50 a buddy years ago. of mine went to, can you hear me? I said, yeah, just 50 years ago. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. It was just like, well, it was like yesterday, if well, you yeah. know what I mean. I do. And we went to the the Omni in Atlanta to watch the Who. Mm -hmm. Well, the the whatever they call that is it called a backup band that comes out first? Well, they usually call it the uh, warm up, uh, the opening act. Yeah, the lights were on and everything, and yeah. it happened to be Leonard Skinner. That's a pretty good opening act. And they played Freebird, and people were milling around doing this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, it got real quiet in there, and the lights went dim. And the place applauded so much when it ended that Leonard Skinner did an encore. Oh my goodness! He told Roger Daltrey, I, uh, "Do some, do some more, do some more crack, okay? We're we're busy right now." It, it was it was really I don't know if it's a first time ever, but I think it's the first time anyone in Atlanta had ever heard. No, I mean, there, there, are, there are famous stories uh, like that of opening acts who just completely blow away them. And, you know, they usually turn out to be, you know, like the Eagles or, you know, bands yeah, that are really, quite important. And, and, and now I'm going to have to be the typical. Well, by the way, I don't know if you, I don't know what the criteria for making it on the Fine Bomb show is. But when Manson or uh, I Man calls you a jackass bammer, right? Which he called me. I figured, wow, I guess I just got decorated. Yeah, you could. Uh, there's <laughs> there are a lot of cliches. You can you can always tell a lot about uh, you know what your enemies say about you. And, and if I Man criticizes you, that's the that's like winning the Nobel Prize. Yeah, that's <laughs> Let's, uh, let's check out J.C., who is up next. Hello, J.C. J.C., you there? Oh, yes, sir. I'm there. Well, good. Great to have you on. Um, me and my grandpa were just watching the show, and it made me want to call up and just talk about Alabama's offense and Milrow against the number one defense, Michigan. But I think yeah. that we can handle it because we did it with Georgia. So I just wanted to see your opinion. Yeah, I, I think uh, beating Georgia far more difficult than beating Michigan. Now, the only thing you just don't know, uh, Alabama can be quirky. 
and if they play the same game, uh, they'll win. I just don't, I don't feel like we really have a good enough sample on Michigan. They, they played a, literally a three-game season. Uh, they beat a anemic Penn State offense. They, they beat an average Maryland team. And they beat a really good Ohio State team. So they have one big win. Alabama has endless number of big wins. Well, um, Milrow, he's really cut down on the turnovers. And, you know, ever since we, we went to the LSU, Alabama, and the SEC championship, and he looked far, far more better than he did oh, he was at fantastic. the beginning of the season. Well, JC, you listen, you enjoy your time with uh, your grandparents, and uh, let's do this again. Thank you very, very much. We head to the break. One more hour to go, and uh, we'll talk to you then. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.